This is the Mentors for Military podcast. Hey everybody, it's Robert. This podcast is going to be just slightly different. Normally I have guests on or even fellow hosts that come on the show and we pick a topic and end up running with it. However, I've decided to do something a little bit different on occasion. Actually, it was a lot of the fellow hosts started pushing me in the direction to, to do something different. It's going to be a bit raw. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I think I had one podcast oh, probably a couple months back in which I, I tried to explore this very same thing. And I, I actually, like many you know that are probably listening, you wonder about the confidence level, about is this something that's really the best approach, and does it really fit the format and the forum of the show? After listening to a lot of the fellow hosts and some of the people that have reached out to me, they said, Robert, why don't, why don't you just do something that talks a little bit about your background and relays some of your past stories and histories and background and information that would be very useful to a lot of the listener base. So here we go. We're going to try it. We're going to see how it works out, and I'd love to get you guys' feedback. So one of the questions that does occasionally come up that I get from, you know, whether it's folks that I run into or sometimes even um, friends of friends and those types of things that end up talking to me on occasion, they ask about what was it that helped me become an executive in a Fortune 50 company? And I could tell you that there's not one thing that stands out. I mean, if you really think about it, confidence is certainly one of the biggest things that that if I were to think of the the one aspect that would hone in on, confidence and, of course, you had to have something to back that up. you got to have the skills, knowledge, and expertise to go along with that. And it was a long road, mind you. Um, I could share a story that in the very beginning, after I separated from the military, I was very um, confident about my capabilities, or at least I thought that I was bringing something of value to, the, to any organization that I was going to join. I had just gone through... I think it was eight years of college that I had spent, um, or I should say eight years, eight years to get a, a bachelor's degree and then finish my master's. And I thought, man, I'm, I'm ready to go out here. I bring all this to the table. Surely somebody wants to bring me in. So I take that confidence and I walk out the door and the ego was quickly deflated because an organization was willing to bring me on, but only as a consultant or as a contracted service. Fortunately, though, I was able to work for a CEO of a company who actually brought me under his wing. He saw something in me that he didn't see in the other uh, person that he brought on, brought on as a contractor or as a consultant. And we started building this relationship. And over time, my contract was coming very close to, to ending. And he said, Robert, I'm, I'm sorry that uh, your time is up and we have nothing else for you here. And I said, well, it doesn't have to be that way. And he said, what do you mean? And I go, well, there's a lot of stuff here that still could be done. And I think I could be the guy that could help do that. And I started laying out what that is and what that vision is. And this wasn't something, mind you, that I took a lot of time to think about or something that I said, well, okay, if this person ever calls me in and asks me these questions, then I'm going to approach it this way when this time comes. This was a spur of the moment, quick reaction. But again, we had that rapport, we had that relationship that had gone on for the last 12 months. And so I felt confident laying myself out there and providing a story to him that could really um, demonstrate not that I wanted to be employed by him because that's what's most important, but instead what was important is the value that of the information and knowledge that I could bring to his organization to help it be more successful. So 
when I look back at that time period and how much of a catapult that was to my successful career, it was also a very rough 12 months because, you see, as I was getting out of the military, I had a DOD-contracted company that was very much interested in me and actually uh, asked me to, to stay on in a role that would basically take me off active duty and on Monday roll into the office. Instead of wearing a uniform, I was going to be wearing a suit and tie. But I wasn't interested in that. Again, I had just received this you know, graduate degree that opened me up to the, the marketplace out there that I and exposed me to a, a private sector and the students and stuff that I went to college with were people that were working for all kinds of crazy great organizations. And they brought that to the classroom, and that just really fueled my passion to want to go into that type of space. And so I knew then that I wanted to go into the private sector, and the DOD world wasn't what I wanted. Unfortunately, I had no clue that I, that I was going to—it wasn't like I was going to be able to walk out there and walk right into an opportunity or a job, but that's kind of what my mindset was and what I was thinking. And I started a year out in advance of that, of really doing a lot of networking and those types of things. But during those 12 months, when I walked out the door, I had to pay my dues. Because I turned down a real live opportunity and I chose to go the route of being a consultant, if you're not very, if you're not familiar with that and you end up being an independent consultant like I was, think of an entrepreneur that has um, no idea what the, the charge, what the marketplace is, what you're going to charge as a rate per hour, what is your company or how are you independent and you're not going to actually be... Um, uh, running your income through a company. You don't understand self-employment tax. You don't understand all of those aspects of it. And I can tell you because I undervalued myself in terms of dollar value, or at least what they were willing to pay me because they didn't know much about me, I was basically working for minimum wage at the end of the day. But I busted my butt. And I knew that over time, if I actually applied myself, I'd be able to demonstrate that that opportunity or pre- at least present that when that opportunity came. And so when I'm sitting here with the CEO at that moment and we had built that long-term rapport and he asked me that question, this was my moment. This was my moment to go ahead and tell him what I really believe because over that 12 months I had paid so much attention to what was going on within the organization and where I actually saw myself of how I could lend my skills and expertise that I thought that I could bring when I got out but I really honestly had no clue until I had been exposed to this organization for 12 months. So I recently listened to a podcast by the name of Learning Leader Podcast and in this podcast um, they talked about sustaining excellence, and actually it was Benjamin Hardy who came on as a guest host. And and he brought some very cool points, and one of which is kind of summarizing what I just said there, what set me apart, and what was the thing that actually allowed me to have that kind of success. What well, was the mindset? It was really having the right type of attitude because it all begins with you have to understand it's up to you to create your own success that it begins and ends with you. And part of that is believing in yourself and having that confidence. And some people may say, well, it teeters on arrogance, but you've got to control that in such a way that it's not always about you and the message and the way you communicate. And the way I spoke to that CEO at that on that occasion was one in which he knew that I wasn't trying to present this in a way that it was going to be all about me. Or when I listen to this podcast and they talk about thing that the key to success and the key to having a great success is that it begins with the right mindset. It harkens me back to that time period uh, where I had the right mindset. I knew then how to communicate that. 
I put that out there, and I was then told about a week or two later that the job had been posted and they, that he actually hoped that I would apply for the position. Of course, I did, and I got the role. Did I stop there, though, is the next question. Because too many successful people actually, or what they believe to be success, measure it only by certain hurdles. And so what, what some might do is say, hey, I've gotten to this point, and stop. And they're not hungry for the next thing. Or worse yet, they may not realize that there's somebody right behind you that might have the same mindset or even a greater one uh, and might be even smarter, better skill set or whatever than you were who's just as hungry to take your position away from you. So you've got to have not only the right mindset, but you've got to be willing to understand that you've got to do more to keep that than it is to just get it. Another point that they talked about was how much time are you willing to put in an investment into yourself? And so for me, I understood that the risk was I was leaving a clear opportunity as I separated the military to gain employment, and that meant that I had a family that I was going to be placing at risk, and they had to understand what I was getting ready to put not just myself but the whole family into in order to bring uh, hopefully greater fortune later on and and something that I was really passionate about and I would enjoy doing. Because let's face it, if you're doing things for just the almighty dollar, you're not going to be happy. That's not going to be the driving force for you. So when you have the right mindset, you've got to think about what the why is. You've got to think about why is it that you really want to do this. And when you start doing that and thinking about how you then you want to invest in yourself in that way, why would somebody else want to invest in you? What are the things that you're putting out there that you spend the most time of trying to bring towards others and what do they see from you that you're going to bring to them? And is it just self-serving or self-absorbent? And that's all it is. So when I presented my case, it wasn't necessarily about um, what I want. It's what he wants. And I just needed to make him realize it. I kind of use this in, in even today in a lot of the discussions I have with executives because today I'm, I'm more in a consulting role at this time period and I'm working with the CEO of a, a company and, and as an executive team and trying to help them find greater value. And in and, and talking with them, some people try to use that Jedi mind trick to actually persuade uh, other people to towards their objective of their decisions or what they they want to do and again that's where it starts becoming more about the me 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 rather than the we 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 what are you spending the most time on or what are you doing and how much are you investing in yourself the next thing you got to think about is how much risk are you actually taking in your choices so when you go out here and you start evaluating Whatever goal and objective it is, and we're not necessarily talking about just transition, but whatever it is that in a point of life or where you are and where you want to go, what are the risks that you're willing to take on? And sometimes that might mean how much skin in the game are you really wanting to put into whatever it is that you believe I should invest in you in or how to show or demonstrate how much of an investment you put in yourself. And that may mean that you put the risk in. So think about this uh, of those individuals that have gone on um, you know, a very popular television show where people are trying to pitch their opportunity and they have all these experts that are sitting there that have made millions of dollars and, you know, or hundreds of millions of dollars for that matter. And how much are they, why should they want to invest in you over somebody else? What 
What are you bringing to the market that is not currently available? And oh, by the way, it can't just be by trying to steal somebody's market share. So what's unique about you that I want to spend in you? And one of the questions that you, if you've ever paid attention to the show, that they, they end up asking the individual is, how much money do you have in this company? If you're bringing something to me, how much money have you invested yourself of your own personal income into what you're trying to get me to buy? Because if you haven't invested yourself enough income into it, why do I want to spend my money on you and on that? If we're not applying that to everyday life and to success, then you're missing out. You really do need to start thinking about how you apply or what the approach that you're using. And so how much risk are you willing to take and how much time and effort and how much investment have you placed within yourself so that you can still start realizing that every time that alarm goes off, you got to jump out of the bed, hit your feet on the floor, take off, run and brush your teeth, make your bed and go out. Because if you're not taking the time to make personal investments and realizing that you put a lot of risk on the table, you're more likely to hit the snooze button over and over and blame others or or outside forces for your failures of why it is that you're not being successful. Again, in whatever it is that you're looking at. So you need to assess it. You can't wait for others to bring you to success. So there's so many people that go out here and they look at the job market. And listen, I've been guilty of it as well, where you're looking for, and I'm using this as an example because many of us have to end up transitioning to different occupations or different jobs in the marketplace And those of you who haven't transitioned out of the military will find yourself doing this one day. And the first thing that they think they can do is go out here to the job page and career page or whatever on a website, and they're going to go ahead and apply for that. You have about as much chance of winning one of those jobs as you do the lottery. Because you're really kind of playing roulette or risking your time, your money, and your effort or whatever you're doing into something that you're not really sure is going to give you a return on investment. You know, we had Griff from Combat Flip Flops on the show. And one of the things that I've used often in podcasts, and I really appreciate him bringing to the table, and I don't know if he coined it, and this is his, uh, his message, but it was one that resonated with me, which is your network is your net worth. Again, your network is your net worth. So if you invest your time, money, and energy into that, then you're going to be su- successful in that way. You can't then expect for somebody to bring everything on a silver platter to you and expect that that way you're going to be successful because somebody one day is going to see something uh, uh, that you're bringing to the table and, and that's what how it's going to come about. That's not to say that your network won't do that, but if you're talking about a blind individual that knows nothing about you, that's just going to recognize that in a short conversation or a short rapport, it's le- less likely to happen. So again, if you're trying to bring your brand, yourself, or some kind of product or service or something along that line, then you got to think about what is it that you're bringing out there that you want to create and not wait for others to actually bring it to you or blame others or some outside force that success has not occurred. You've got to visualize it. You've got to know exactly what it is that you're going after. And then you've got to ask the question, how bad do you want it? Going back again, how much are you risk are you willing to put in? How much investment are you actually willing to put into the effort? And if you're not willing to put everything, the full table, slide the cash into the middle and put all stakes out there, then you're more than likely not going to succeed 
because others won't see that you've invested the time, energy, and effort to do anything, and therefore they won't go out of their way to do the exact same thing. So in, in looking at my past, how many times have I really reinvented myself? Well, I do it almost daily when you really think about it. I relate a story here recently. Actually, it was on a conversation that I just had with Kat Kalen from the podcast, the podcast host on here. Um, I had a conversation with her tonight. And one of the things I said was that people always ask me as a leader, Robert, when is the organization going to quit changing? Because I'm, I'm really tired of change. And if, if we could just take a breath here and not see it, then, then I'd be a whole lot better off. And what I explained to them is you have to live in an environment or in an understanding that change is always constant. Everything around us changes. Technology is coming into play. Um, you know, new forces in the market are coming into play, both positive and ne negative in the marketplace or in our surroundings or in our what we call our bubble that surrounds us every day and those types of things. But in the marketplace or in the workplace, the, the changes that are occurring there could be more positive than they are negative, but you're trying to change that positive into a negative because it impacts you in some way and you don't like to be moved. You like that comfort zone. You like that place that you go to all the time. And so what I explained to them is that not only should you start embracing change, but you should start finding where your next opportunity is within that change. Because if you fail to move and you fail to to go to wherever it is that these forces that I just described, they're taking you or trying to take you, then you're not controlling your own destiny, which means if you're not controlling your own destiny and where it is that you want to go in life, somebody will help define it for you. So those miserable people that you see that constantly complain have allowed others to influence and determine what their destiny is. They are not in control of that situation. So you have to constantly be thinking about reinventing yourself. What is the brand and the product that you're offering? And do I need to refine it on a constant basis? Do I need to be looking at what are the changes that are occurring? What are the active forces that might switch or change what it is that I'm even thinking about? And, and we talk about three- or five-year vision or you know setting goals and objectives and all that kind of stuff, and that's all great. But the, the basic real principle thing that you need to be focused on is yourself here in this and, and how it aligns with this, and that is you are going to have to be in control of your destiny and realize that to do that, you may have to constantly assess yourself and realize that change is important in your life and that it's not always what you're trying to bring to the table that matters and keep trying to sell that and it's not working. What might not be working is that you haven't realized that the, the shift has occurred, the paradigm shift has occurred or forces have happened and you're not willing to budge and you're still trying to sell something from 1984 and it's 2018. So you've got to end up moving yourself towards the direction and that might get you out of your comfort zone it might take on new risks because you're going to have to invest in yourself and new money and new training or new skills or whatever the case may be in your life in order to bring yourself up to the level where you need to be but that's what's important is to constantly assess yourself and do those things and actions that you need to do in order to make yourself better personally i've had many occasions where i've had a uh, they go by different names, life coach uh, or those types of things. In some cases, it might be friends and mentors, but I've actually had a, a life coach situ situation. I was working 
as an executive uh, and was in selected in the top 1% of the program where I was being kind of groomed for the next level, so to speak. And so there was a year-long serious senior leadership type of program that they had. And part of that was to actually sit down with a life coach and go through. And there's, of course, all these tests and assessments and stuff that you do at the very beginning to help you find who you are that were very was very helpful. But I think what was most important is I started realizing in conversation that there were a lot more deep-rooted things that I needed to change. And when I started doing that, that's that self-assessment that you start doing that others recognize if you do a 360 peer review that you're not willing to accept. But when you start looking introspectively, you start noticing, no, I really do need to start looking at all of these things because one of them may be what's called a fatal flaw. And a fatal flaw as an example might be my interpersonal skills are not well-defined and people see me as a kind of a put-off or an individual who is arrogant or those types of things. And so that may become my fatal flaw where if I don't recognize that, it will stop my career dead in the tracks or stop me as a person being able to socialize with other people. And that's why I don't have as many friends or my family is starting to cut me off or whatever the case. And again, relate what I'm saying to both job and to life. And so the top 1% of the people out there have life coaches or people that are help, helpful to them that can help you think about yourself, your confidence, what it is that you need to gain back, what is the direction that you're really trying to say uh, that might be beneficial to you. Uh, and those mentors that we talk about a lot are those people that can do that as well. If they're individuals that are very well at listening and can help you um, through their wisdom and knowledge, navigate through all the things that you're talking about to find the most optimal optimal plan. Now, realize it should not be their plan. It should be your plan that you're helping communicate as they give you key opportunities or keywords or whatever that cause you to think about yourself more. Because if it's sort of like people come to me and say, Robert, can you help me write a resume? Sure, I'll help you write a resume. And then when I sit down to help them do that, we we don't really start writing the resume. What I really start doing is telling them how they need to go as homework and go write their resume. But I'm going to start talking about the things of what that resume should contain, what I'm going to be looking for, because I'm only going to look at it in three to five seconds. So what's going to stand out to me that I don't currently see within that resume. And this is how you can go and find yourself and find what needs to go on there. Cause that's your brand on that piece of paper. That's your first step. That's your opportunity to go out there and win yourself in the marketplace. And so if they say that your first impression is the most most important, why aren't you spending more time investing in that document and put yourself out there in such a way that that document represents you? So it's those type of mentoring where I'm not and coaching that I'm not actually telling them how I want to see it and those types of things necessarily uh, with the right types of words and such, but I'm causing them to think differently about how they view themselves and how that then would be put in some kind of quantifiable result on the piece of paper. So a mentor, a life coach, whatever you want to call it, a coach, those types of people are the individuals that cause you to think about yourself and cause you to um, to find a way through how you then take what they're saying in and communicate back that a plan is then developed. So again, to kind of summarize some of the things that I talked about, what are some simple things that you can consider that I, I wrote down a few of these things and let's start with step one. Who or what do you want to accomplish? And I say who or what, because what do you want to accomplish could be that you're thinking 
um, that well, that's only a product or service or something of like that, but it might be who do you want to be? So, or where are you going? Where do you think you're going? And those types of things. Stop and think about for a moment, what is it that you're really trying to do here? What What is your vision? Can you articulate it? Can you actually talk about it in such a way that you can feel the passion inside you? And not only that, but people can actually see the passion coming from you. How much are you willing to invest? And I talked about this a little bit, but that means time, money. That means all of those factors, every, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So how much time are you willing to invest really to make a conscious effort? Because if you start applying yourself in a short time frame, you quit, whatever it is. You take on a new sport, a new hobby or whatever, and you're all excited. It's a new shiny object, so I'm going to start scuba diving. I go out, and I want to go blow bubbles. And I go out there, and I start doing those types of things, and, oh, about three months later, I'm picking up golf. Golf's my great thing. I hired me a, you know, a coach now that's going to teach me how to play golf three or four months later. Hey, I'm going off over here, and I'm going to take up sailing. You should be paying attention to yourself that you've got a pattern that's occurring here over time. So how much time are you willing to invest? Do you understand where you're headed and what you want to do? And you understand that part of your failure is you don't stick with it. So now the next thing is, what are you going to sacrifice? What is it that you're going to have to put aside or give up or this a risk or something of that nature that's going to cause you to really get engaged in this thing? And by the way, the thing that you should be shooting for, as I mentioned before, it's not always money that you should be looking at. It's not the rewards in terms of the dollars that you should be looking at. It's, it's the rewards should come more into how you approach your, your whatever it is, your job, your, your life. You, you feel like you have been rejuvenated, um, you're reborn, whatever those types of things. And uh, so you've got to think about it in that way. Understand up front what you'll need to sacrifice. Money alone won't bring you happiness, so what is your why? What is your why? Why are you doing this? Have a good reason. Think about that very carefully. Why do you think you're doing this? And if everything starts pointing back to things that are material that you think will bring happiness to you, you're going for all the wrong reasons. And people who are able, by the way, I mention a lot about pur uh, purpose and passion. What I'm really driving there is things that get you excited in the morning, you, you feel like you have a lot of confidence around because you know it and those types of things. That's all great. I also find that passion sometimes may not be the occupation that you're doing. Passion may be the thing that you do enjoy doing as a hobby or that you're giving back. Like my case, it's these podcasts or those types of things. That's my why. My why, by the way, is to be able to impart some type of bit of knowledge or by the people I bring to this podcast to impart some bit of knowledge to each of you in some way and realizing that it may only be one little thing that came out of this entire podcast or out of any of our podcasts that resonates with you, but all it takes is that one thing and I feel like I've been able to give back in some shape or form. I mentioned what risk are you willing to place on yourself to motivate you to succeed and what I'm talking about there, if you don't have any skin in the game, it's probably not going to happen. So what risk are you placing on yourself to motivate you to succeed? What is causing you to hit that alarm and that snooze button and uh, or stop hit from hitting that snooze button so that you get out of the bed and you actually feel like you want to go and accomplish something and you can't wait for that alarm to go off because you're ready to get out of the bed and hit it? That's when you know you found your passion. 
You have to create your own success. Again, you can't wait for others to bring it to you or for it to arrive on a silver platter. You've got to go get it. And if you're not willing to put in those sacrifices and risk those rewards and you don't understand what it is that you're going to do, you're going to feel depressed at some point or you're going to want to quit or give up because you haven't clearly defined it, you haven't invested the time, energy, or effort, and you haven't applied the right level of risk that keeps you in the game. Reinvent yourself or find ways constantly to self-assess and find uh, who it is that you are and are you now doing or focusing or whatever the case on things that are actually worth something in some other area? So somebody is somebody willing to buy it? Is that buying you? Is that buying your product? Is that buying your service? So people say, well, why am I not getting promoted? Well, what are you putting out there? How much time and energy have you put in yourself? What are you investing? What kind of risk have you put on the line? And are you waiting for somebody else to give you that promotion? Are you going out there and finding it? And oh, by the way, have you thought about that the track that you thought you wanted to get you success in terms of promotion is not the right track? You've lost focus of where everything in the market or what's happened in the military or what's happened in your your platoon or your company or your whatever regiment is shifted and you failed to shift with it. Find a coach or a mentor Find somebody who's willing to sit down with you, give up their time, and, and not hopefully not at a, a major cost, although there are a lot of life coaches out there that you will have to pay for, but determine what's the right level of fit for you and for your pocketbook, obviously, and find you a coach, a mentor, or a, a life coach or something of that nature that can help you think more introspectively if that's not something you're very good at or you're uncomfortable with. Or you think you have it all figured out. Because if you think you have it all figured out, then that might be part of the problem. Develop the plan and live by the plan daily. That means you're going to have to hold yourself accountable all the time. Circle yourself with a couple close friends that understand what your vision is and where you're going and make them hold you accountable. That's a key element. And if you have a mentor or somebody like that, tell them about all the stuff that you're doing so they can help you guide through that but also say hey listen I want you to hold me accountable I don't want to give up in three months I don't want to give up on this in four months this is something I really feel passionate about and I may have days where I get down on myself but you know it'd be great if you pick up the phone and say what have you done today what are the three things that you did today Robert that's going to make yourself successful that's the way it might be to hold me accountable because now I have to stop and I have to think about it and I got to give you three things that I'm going to do today to make myself more successful. And when you feel you've arrived, lastly, this is the most important step. When you feel you've arrived at wherever it is that you're going, realize you're on your way down, not your way up. Because, again, there's somebody behind you that's waiting for you to feel like you've hit the pinnacle of whatever it is that you feel like your goal was or objective you better be thinking about that change and that opportunity and where you need to pivot and start thinking about reinventing yourself at that moment because that's the only way you're going to survive even in the certain space that you're in at this moment. By the way, as you climb through, like I had mentioned, corporate ladder and all those types of things, the average person at certain levels within an organization stay less than three years or less than five years, and that tends to be more of the average. 
because they're constantly reinventing themselves. They're constantly looking at the next opportunity, the next change. And if the organization is not changing as fast as they are, then they're going to look for an opportunity where they can grow within an organization that's going to challenge them. Well, if you approach that same methodology or that same approach to everything that you do within life, then that's what I'm talking about. And when you feel like you've arrived, that's when you're going on your way down. If you're not getting those extra skills, you're not going to those extra training uh, and, and learning those extra things that you need to be successful um, or, or looking to study in the marketplace and where things are headed and, and uh, reading the news for the purpose of trying to find out whatever it is your passion or purpose or things that you're trying to accomplish and how that the marketplace or the world and stuff may be shifting or pivoting itself – then you might be caught up in that paradigm shift that quickly allows you to get sucked down. Again, this is one of these podcasts. It's going to be a little different than the other usual podcasts. I hope you enjoyed this one. A lot of these are the thoughts that kind of came out of me that I jotted down in, in notes on a piece of paper today as I was really thinking about this podcast and after listening to Benjamin Hardy, who got me fired up, and thinking about some of the things that he had said, uh, but also just putting a little bit of myself out here into uh, this podcast. And so give me your feedback. Let me know what you thought about it. And uh, we can certainly do a lot more of these types of things on leadership or other types of things. Drop me a line either on our, our website uh, through the contact list there, through uh, any of our social media at Mentors for Mill, uh, those types of things. And let me know what your thoughts are on it. And um, I hope you guys have a great one and wish you much success. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. Hey everyone, Robert here. I love supporting veteran-owned companies, and Mentors for Military recently partnered with Skeleton Optics to offer a 10% discount to our listeners. That's right, 10%. These aren't your regular run-of-the-mill sunglasses, by the way. The frames are handcrafted in Italy with Zeiss Vision lenses. Use the code mentors for mil or mentors the number four mil at skeletonoptics.com, and you'll receive your 10% discount automatically at checkout. Hurry up and get on over there to support a veteran-owned company.